When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. To the people that have done this, your time is running out. You will be found and you will be dragged before court. The small businesses we know in every sector that are being hit here. Do we want all those local little cafes gone? Our differences should be celebrated. It's something to embrace. Different backgrounds, different races. We're the one for Cork and ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 0818 96 96 96. Extra WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The lines are live. Let's kickstart the conversation. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan on Cork's 96FM. You ever wonder what makes a great ad, a great ad, a great Christmas ad? We're going to start something on the show today with the great Christmas ads. We're going to let it run for the rest of the week until we pick your all-time favourite. Tell you why. This is the 29th of November. So the first day of December is Thursday. So the first day of the real countdown is Thursday. Speaking of December... Alan O'Reilly was saying on his Twitter, God, it's a week ago now, uh, Alan from Carla, whether he was on the news there, that it was going to get cold at the start of December. And over the last couple of years, particularly in summertime, when Alan has said it's going to get hot, it got hot. So when Alan O'Reilly says it's going to get cold, then I'd be getting out the thick socks and, and maybe making sure that the heating was working and that I had fuel if I could afford it. Um, because it's going to get very cold over the next few nights. I love that kind of weather. I love the dry, cold, frosty, crisp winter weather to herald the actual start of winter on the 1st of December. I love it. And you'll never hear me complaining about that. It's the damp, the damp that I can't abide. The damp and wet of that old bone cold that comes with the wet. But if Alan says it's going to get cold, lads, it's going to get cold. 0818969696. Good morning to you. Text or WhatsApp is 0833969696. And the email is opinion at 96fm.ie. We will think about those Christmas ads a bit later. I've got some real beauties, some absolute doozies from the archives uh, to give it a spin of. And during the week, if there's one that we're not thinking of or one we've forgotten, you can let us know and then coming towards Friday we'll we'll pick what's the, the favourite 
of all. I, I have a seeking suspicion that it'll be the same one as always because there were two in particular that, that really do it for me. But we'll see. We'll see. 0818 96 96 96, the number. But between Christmas ads and Christmas music and the start of the countdown and 96 must back online, tell you more about that a bit later on, in the morning, the calls do begin to come in to spare a thought for those for whom the run into Christmas is filled with dread. And you speak of many kind of people, but one kind, one group of people for whom Christmas is filled with dread are those who live in a domestic violence situation, in an abusive relationship. Because every year the call comes in. Every year the call comes in, please think of us at Christmas. There's 101 reasons why it gets worse and 101 reasons why... They're filled with fear. And it's easy for those of us who don't have to deal with that in our lives to forget. I've been talking, I, talking to Pris- Priscilla and uh, Granger about her new book. Now, Priscilla brought this book out just recently. Priscilla's story, I could literally start talking to Priscilla now. And she'd still be here at 10 to 12 telling me her story. Uh, the book is called Safe, and it's her own story and the story of of her daughter, uh, Amy. And they set up Stop Domestic Violence in Ireland after getting themselves out of a horrific situation. And the book details how she had to hire, she did hire, a private detective to track her errant husband and find out what he was at. and It's, it's a very long, written, marvellously written book. Reads like a novel, in fact. But I wanted to talk to Priscilla about the book and about Christmas in general um, and the time of year at which the book is launched. Hiya, Priscilla. Absolutely, PJ. Good morning to yourself and thank you very much for having me on. Myself and my daughter, Amy Granger, set up Stop Domestic Violence in Ireland a number of years ago. We came out of an abusive relationship. When I say we, I say Amy and I, because Amy was the daughter in the marriage Mm. and she was in that relationship and she witnessed an awful lot of things, both physical and emotional, which she shouldn't have had to witness. No child should have to witness it. No child should have to suffer it. So, both financially, I was left, lost the family business of 30 years, which was an absolute, I suppose, embarrassment that I lost the family business, but I had no choice. Um, I was in a really bad way financially. I was in arrears of 33,000 with my mortgage. Um, I had a safety order in place. My abuser was gone, but nobody wanted to know. Yeah. Nobody wanted to know. The banks didn't want to know. The revenue didn't want to know. The guards didn't want to know. The state didn't want to know. Nobody wanted to know. What what did they not want to know, Priscilla? 
oh sure the dirty secret of domestic violence and that was only in 2011 because mm. it was 1995 you got married right 1995 I got married yes mm. and it started from the second night of my honeymoon what? in Florida he never ever laid a finger on me until then and then when I became pregnant it got worse and how long did I you know my... him at that stage I met him in 1989 but the mistake I made, and I re- will reiterate this until my dying death, is I never moved in with him before I got married. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't know him. And, you know, there's an old saying, come live with me and you know me. And mm-hmm. that, my God, is a true saying. And that was the mistake I made. So two days into your honeymoon, it all changed. It all changed. And I'm in Florida. And I want to ring home and there's no mobile phones in them days. And I want to ring home and I go down and I ring home and I was an only child. So my relationship with my parents was very strong. And I'm on the phone crying and my father and my mother saying, are you all right? I I, I had sheer excitement, but little did they know what had happened to me the previous night. Mm. And I'm so excited to be in Florida and I'm delighted to be married. And I hung up that phone and I really wanted to come home. But how could I? Yeah. And how could I? There was an old saying in a very cruel Ireland. I'm sure you heard it, Priscilla. You've made your bed. Lying it. Yeah. It was a horrible thing. And like even going back then, I know now. Now, I know now. If I had come home 48 hours after I was married and told my parents that my marriage wasn't working, they would have said, get inside, put your feet up, let's deal with this. Mm. But I didn't want to be the embarrassment. What would people say? <gasps> what would the neighbours say? Oh, my God. I'm, up to, I'm after getting a mortgage. We've our new, fam- we've our new home, our marital home. What would people say? Mm. And to, to this day, unfortunately... Many victims still say those same words. What will people say? Mm. Your relationship with your dad is very clearly outlined in the book. And, and, and looking at that now, if you'd gone to your dad a day or two after, or even when you came back from Florida and said, Dad, um, this isn't what I thought it would be, what do you think would have happened? He would have said, give me the key of where you're living with your with your husband I'm going around to sort this out and he would have said she doesn't want you anymore hmm. she's back home living with us I, I should have I should have but you know hindsight oh, 2020 yeah. but people didn't. didn't and you know what it is Priscilla I think people still don't no they don't and that's why it's so important to talk if it's only to one friend if it's only to one stranger to tell them how you're feeling because I was very lucky I only ever thought of suicide once Mm. but I could have done it you only have to think about it once but thank God when I did think about it I went to my mother and spoke to her and obviously that was post my abuser gone and my mother then got me sorted and helped me out but again you need to talk any victim or a 
future victim who's in an abusive marriage or in an abusive relationship that's listening to us speaking now. Mm. The Christmas songs are on the radio. That is the worst time of the year for victims of domestic violence. I'm glad you yeah. brought that up because I wanted to talk specifically about it. And you're talking to someone, Priscilla, who loves Christmas like a small child. And it's far from a small child I am. I love it like a small child. But every year I get the call, please think of us. So talk to me about that fear. I, I, I played a Christmas song. Talk to me about the fear that starts when I start playing Christmas songs. <sighs> It's the most heartbreaking, heartbreaking for any victim or future victim of domestic violence because the difficulty they have is, we'll say they have one child or they say they have six children. Where are they going to get the money to buy a turkey? Where are they going to get the money to, to do Santa Claus? How am I going to be able to afford the Xbox or the, the the new phone, the iPhone number 14 that's out. And they're going through all of this in the head. They, be, they may be married or in a relationship with someone that's addicted to drugs, that's a gambler, that's a drinker. My ex-abuser was a gambler, would gamble two flies running up a wall and back down. And I remember one Christmas, I ended up having to sell clothes that I had got a previous couple of years, there were still tags on them. And I went to a car boot sale and I sold them. And I ended up having to pawn a bracelet that I had, that my father had given me and it broke my heart. Why? And victims don't. You're listening to the Christmas music and it could be jingle bells. And I remembered that the hardest song that I used to hear on the radio was Silent Night. That was the hardest hymn when you hear it. Do you want to tell me why? Because Silent Night, Holy Night, right? All that's calm. There's nothing calm about Christmas when you're married to somebody that either beats you, financially abuses you, emotionally abuses you, and tells you, I've nothing to give you for Christmas because remember all you're looking for is to see the smile on those little kiddies faces or the smile on your mom's face or on your son's face when you buy them something that they weren't expecting it might be something very small hmm. and I remember I remember saying to a friend of mine if if I give you if I can give you a guarantee would you be able to give me a loan of 200 euro and I'll pay you back at 20 euros a week and the, the friend said to me, absolutely. And they gave me the loan, the money, because I wanted to buy a little tricycle for mm. my daughter, mm. a Barbie bike, right? She was just eight at the time. And that bastard, excuse the language that I, her father, I pleaded with him. I said, I beg you, says I, will you give me the maintenance just a week early? No, he made sure not to give me the maintenance for two weeks at all and left me that I had to go beg, borrow and steal. I remember walking out to Blanchestown Shopping Centre and we're walking through it and there was music playing and there was um, there was lights and there was snowmen and there was people t talking and everybody was happy and my daughter was walking alongside me and she's 
at the time she was just 13. Hmm. And obviously, you know, she was now the adult Santa Claus is what she wanted. And the next thing I stopped and my mum was beside me. My mum was of very bad mobility. And I just stood with my trolley and I said, and the tears just poured down my face. And I remember this, and this is 11 years ago, PJ. And I remember standing in Blanchetown Shopping Centre and saying, why is everybody happy? I said, ma'am, we have nothing to give her for Christmas and it's in two days' time. And the next thing my mother took out of her handbag, we were living off my mother's pension. My mother took out of her handbag his wedding ring that she had found. And I went into this jeweler in Blanchestown Shopping Centre and the tears are pouring down my face and I said, I know you don't sell it. I know you don't buy gold. I know you don't. But I'm pleading with you. I said, I'll take anything first. Mm-hmm. And he looked at me and he said, you're in a bad way. And he took me in to a little office at the side and I broke down in an awful state and I told him what I had suffered. I said, I'm not asking you for money, but what I'm asking you is, I said, I have this ring, I said, and I just want rid of it. I said, would you give me something? I said, just even that I can go upstairs and buy something in Claire's for my daughter so that she got something on Christmas. Mm. That man gave me 80 euro. That was 11 years ago. Mm. 80 euro is what that man gave me, which was worth about 8,000 to me. Mm-hmm. And now, thank God, I've got my life together, etc. And I'm able to go out and support that man. To this day, I buy a lot of stuff off him now for presents and for whatever, because that man made my daughter's Christmas. The kindness of a stranger. The kindness of a stranger. Because you remember, when you're in an abusive relationship, you lose all your friends because you're being detached from all these people. You lose your family. Now, I didn't. I had my mum because we were living with my mum in the house. Um, because remember, your abuser alienates you away because you're mad in the head. Absolutely stone mad, the victim is, because you've been chipped at and chipped at. As I said, I went in to my relationship like a cement block and I came out a piece of grit because he continually chipped and chipped and chipped and chipped and chipped and chipped, and chipped at me. Non-stop. Mm. And then you lose the courage because remember, you, people, he's been at you and at you and at you and at you and you lose the courage, you lose your confidence. The only thing that you actually can do is try and get them feet out of the bed and onto the floor in the morning time if you've got children to get them to school. That's the only thing you have. Yeah. Wow. Your, your words carry power, which is why I'm saying nothing, Priscilla. And I, to this day, and I, and I've no problem saying it. We were, ve- I was in a very lucky position that I, w- I was living with my mum because the family, the marital home was sold because it wasn't. We were in debt. My daughter had no bedroom, no bedroom, mm. because the rooms were let out. I used to take students in. So the rooms were let out to students. We had a mattress and we'd take the mattress out from behind the sofa in the kitchen every night. And I'd pull the mattress out and I'd say to my daughter, now this would be after doing the homework or whatever, we'd be in my mum's. 
after having a bit of dinner and we pulled the sofa out in the kitchen on the floor and we put the sheets on it and we'd lie down and I'd always make it a joke or a laugh and we had, we had at the time we had two dogs and the next thing I'd lie down and I'd say remember Amy this isn't going to last forever I promise you Amy you're going to have your own bedroom very very soon I promise you and her words back to me PJ was but ma'am we're safe yeah we're safe ma'am again I'm thinking about people who are listening to us now who are in a similar situation and probably haven't talked to anybody and are maybe listening with tears flowing into the cup of tea Sometimes you think about the kids and you wonder, do they notice? How do they feel? They do, yeah. They do know. My, I thought my daughter didn't know. And she described us that she remembers when we were living together, the three of us, that she would look at a purple wooden balloon with her name, A-I-N-I-E, written on it, hmm. which was made by or sent to us as a gift from the States and it was hanging in her bedroom when she was small and she would look at that and she would say she would count the letters on it and she'd count the letters and hope that after the third time she'd count them that he'd stop hitting oh and God. stop screaming at me and stop roaring at me and the language and the abuse and to this day, that balloon is still in this house because that's her saviour, as she said. My, my, my. The book is your story, you and Amy's story, um, about, you know, the marriage, the breakup of the marriage, the aftermath, <coughs> setting up Stop Domestic Violence in Ireland. Why did you want to set up a group like that? Because we don't want any more victims dead. We didn't want to be a statistic of the state because at the end of the day, domestic violence is not a crime in this country, which is an absolute disgrace. So the perpetrator can get away with loads. The guards, we need more guardy trained in Ireland. Yes, they're doing great work. You have headquarters down in Cork as well. We've headquarters here in Dublin. We've only got 23 refuges in Ireland. We've no refuges for men. Hmm. So men, so men, are, men, if they're abused, where do they go? If they are homeless, they end up on the streets because the only place for them is a hostel. So there's no refuge for men. You brought up the subject of men and I was going to go there because invariably something else that happens when I talk to someone like yourself is I'll get the call or the message, don't forget about yeah. men. And men, there's an old saying we have and we keep saying it and it's so so wrong men don't cry men can't cry mm. men can't cry because men don't do things like that well they do because we've got men that come to us mm -hmm. in a bad way and we give them the courage and we give them the strength and we say you can do this if Amy and Priscilla did it so can you <laughs> and we give them that strength we give them the confidence remember not everybody comes out of an abusive relationship with nothing. Mm. Oh, but they come out, they have lost their sanity, they've lost their independence, they've lost their confidence, mm -hmm. and so do men. Can I lastly and briefly, Priscilla, come back to Christmas? Because 
look, we're only a yes. couple of weeks away. You've explained earlier on how hard it can be. Can you talk to someone who's in trouble right now? Yeah. Anybody out there in an abusive relationship, everybody's case is different. Everybody's case is completely different. What you got to do is you got to take a deep breath. It's the first thing you do. Christmas is too near to start going to solicitors, going to guards. Unless you are in an extreme dangerous position, then you need to go to the guards. For now, you record a daily diary. If it means every hour, you do it every hour. If it means you having to do shorthand and you put teacup for bad humour, you put that into it. You put in your own abbreviation so that you can extend it when your abuser is not about. Record dates, times. Talk to us. Hmm. You might still be in your abusive relationship in six months' time. That doesn't matter to us. We just want to make sure you're safe. We will then get you to the next point. Mm. Anybody struggling at Christmas and there is no food. Now, obviously, we can't send hampers to Cork, mm-hmm. but we have a couple of vouchers. If there's anybody near the Christmas time that's not going to have any food on the table, contact us. We're not going to see anybody going hungry here in this country. Can I, can I offer it to anyone who is listening, as, as I say, in, in trouble? If they yes. want to come to us, we can put you in touch with them. Correct. Absolutely. We'd be more than delighted. And, you know, at the end of the day, Stop Domestic Violence is on Facebook. Um, if you want to take a look at the link of the book, it's on our Facebook page. If you want to call me, no problem. My number is, is there. I've no problem giving it out on the air either. But always delete the numbers on your phone because abusers go through the telephone. Mm. Yeah. Because they're control freaks. But if anybody does want to purchase the book, you're more we'd be delighted for the support. We also want to make it all of the books, we have five thousand on the first run. And we hope come March, when they're all sold, we're going to donate twenty thousand to different support groups nationwide. Okay. So we begun to Cork, we'll be going to Galway. We're not going to give them out willy-nilly to all the support, all the ones that get massive funding from the state. It's not going to happen like that. We're going to go to the people that are on the front line, like ourselves, that don't have glossy brochures, that don't have a load of committee on their on their board, that don't go out for these luncheons and waste money. We'll be on the ground meeting the people that genuinely need it. Okay. Priscilla, I would love to talk again in the future. Well, always here. Always here. Any young people out there, touch base with Amy. She too is on the page and she'd be delighted to help anybody out. Mm. Thank you for spending some time with us today. Good luck with the book and good luck with everything that you do. And a very Merry Christmas to you and all your listeners. And thank you very much indeed, PJ. Thank you, uh, Priscilla Granger. We will, I know, in early 2023, I think maybe springtime 2023, when she goes to that second run of the book and she's doing the 
the donations around the country. We're going to stay in touch with Priscilla and what I would love to do early in the new year uh, at the first available opportunity when they visit Cork. I would love to have Priscilla and Amy here together in studio with me for what could be a... <sighs> that was an inspiring conversation. Um, but but um, I think I think we should do more about this in the new year. Uh, I've taken many a call. I've, I've spoken to many a person about domestic abuse, domestic violence uh, over the years. I, I've never been quite so knocked sideways as I have been by talking to Priscilla. And I tell you, I could have stayed with her for three solid hours. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. If you need help right now. The Cork Domestic Violence Centre, OSS Cork, are at 1-800-497-497. That's 1-800-497-497. If you feel you could benefit from speaking to Priscilla or to Amy, we will give you their number. So call us. You don't have to give us your name. You don't have to tell us where you are or what situation you're in. If you want their numbers, we'll put you in touch um, Priscilla, I send you my love. I'm a 56-year-old happily married lady. I've hung on to every powerful word you've spoken. Oh, my God, PJ, I'm a social worker on my way to a home visit. That's the strongest lady I've ever heard. Your tears rolling on my face. I hope she has a wonderful Christmas. Oh, my God, the poor woman I'm a PJ. I wish her and her darling daughter would be happiness. What a strong woman. What a mum. Uh, yeah, that lady has me on floods. Heartbreaking. I have a friend who confided in in me some of the abuse. No matter what I'd say or advise, or advice I'd give, she'd go back every time. Sixteen years later, she's still with him. She has stopped talking about it and acts like all is okay. But I know that a leopard doesn't change his spots. That's dealt with in the book. There's a reason why people keep going back, um, and it's not a weakness. There's a reason why people keep going back. The book I would recommend, you get it in Waterstones or anywhere, fourteen ninety nine. It's called Safe. It's written like a novel, written by Shane Doran with the two women. Uh, it's 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 powerful, and we will, uh, Eames Fergal, at some stage in the new year when she's visiting Cork, we will get them in here, uh, Priscilla and Amy together. Yeah, that particular twenty minutes has kind of knocked me sideways. And I think it has knocked a lot of listeners sideways also. 0818 96 96 96. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now. 0818 96 96 96. On Quartz 96 FM. Reading an article in the mail in the last, was it this morning or? Yeah, you know, it was online. You don't know when it first turned up. I think it was yesterday. This is that young people in the UK, they surveyed them and they don't sing or have never learnt or have no interest in learning the traditional Christmas carols, the traditional spiritual Christmas carols. They certainly aren't doing them in school. Stuff like O Come Emmanuel and maybe Silent Night or Holy Night. You know the ones, the First Noel, the Wayne in Manger, all those sort of traditional spiritual Christmas hymns that we had, Deste Fideles, which we all learned. Since, I know I certainly learned it. Deste Fideles in school. They're not learning it anymore. Um, they're not even learning it in English. Oh, come on, you faithful. We knew it in Latin. And that's not 100 years ago. Um, it, it's 
more secular stuff that the young people are into now. And it's interesting that we should find that article. Um, and also we got this note. Hi PJ, my kids are not baptised uh, because of the location. Um, they're in a Catholic school as a result of the location. I'm very happy with the principal and his thoughts about their lack of religion. But I'm also worried they'll feel excluded at the back of the classroom drawing pictures during religion class. I'm very happy for them to learn to be kind and all the good things that come with religion, but I don't want Jesus shoved down their throats either. That came in from Emma. And all this kind of stuff came in at the same. And I guess because, I suppose, we're coming up to, whether you like it or not, Christmas is a spiritual and religious festival. For many people, for other people it's not, but for many people it is. And for a lot of us, it has a certain spiritual element to it. And all that ties in with um, with what you're saying, Graham. It's it's time to, and you you are a teacher and you are a father. You think it's time to take religion out of the schools entirely and teach it at home if that's your choice. Good morning. Morning, PJ. How are you getting on? Um, apologies in advance. My voice doesn't sound great. I'm a bit under the weather at the moment. That's okay. Um, uh, yeah, look, and obviously being clear, I'm not speaking in relation to my school or, uh, or patron or anything like that. Uh, just my own personal opinion. But uh, I don't think religion, in, in a form of authoritative indoctrination role, uh, role, has any place in school whatsoever. I think it's a throwback to when, in fairness, the state abdicated responsibility for education. They absolutely did. Um, but uh, the church took on that responsibility because of their stature in society at the time, because it was a means of maintaining that stature through indoctrination. It has become less and less and less so. This doesn't mean I have a negative opinion of everybody in the church or priests or anything like that. I don't. Um, but the intrinsic link between education and religion, that is in the vast majority of Irish schools, is an aberration. There is no intrinsic link between the two things. Um, all schools, in my opinion, should be secular. I don't say that you should, religion shouldn't be mentioned in there. No problem with that. And it should be knowledge of religion could be taught. But the idea that you have a Catholic school or a Protestant school or whatever, um, I think it's an archaic thing that we should move beyond. Like we wouldn't have, and we, we we wouldn't have a proper education system in Cork. Look at Cork, Nano Nagel. Like we wouldn't have education in. Ireland, if it wasn't for the brothers and the nuns originally, and we should never forget that. Uh, you see, that is, that attributes an altruistic um, motivation to those organisations that I just don't agree with. But they started. No, Graham, you can't argue with it. They started it. Without it, we without them, we would never have gotten it off the ground. Well, then, if they didn't do it, the state would have had to. So yes, we would. And aside from that, again, I'll go back to their motivation to doing so is right, maintaining their position in society, not to. And I'm not saying every single person who involved has this motivation, but the organization as a whole, it was not so altruistic motivation behind it. It was to indoctrinate ch- uh, children into their own beliefs. And we won't get into all the it's a way of looking at endless it. evil. No, it's, I think it's a pretty fair way of looking at it. It's but no we way. won't get into all, <laughs> We'll disagree. We won't get into the endless evils they propagated while doing so. And bear in mind, I had brothers taught me in, in, in my primary school and some of them were brilliant men some of them were brutes but they were they were magnificent teachers and and I guess well, if they were brutes they weren't a magnificent teacher some of them were 
No, the two things are diametrically opposed. Mm, I never, I, ne- I was lucky not to be taught by the brutes. I should probably say that. Lucky for yourself, happy to hear it, but obviously there were plenty of people who weren't so lucky. Mm. Obviously, I wouldn't be one of those, um, slightly before my time. Okay, so you would take, would you, would you, you would take all faith-based teaching out of the system? Absolutely, yes. And remove any authoritative role from school. So you would talk, you know, that uh, the Catholic Church says he is in charge of our Protestant church again. This isn't a pick on Catholic kind of thing. Mm. In my opinion, um, it's all religion. I uh, don't care one way or the other. Um, are you an atheist? Are, I am. Yes. Okay. Uh, there are authoritative role in schools. They should have no authoritative. Role. Just like I think the exact same thing about healthcare. Uh, we're building a hospital that the church owns. I mean, that's the most expensive hospital in the world. It's freaking insane. Mm. I, I see absolutely no reason for it behind it. And people say, "Oh." Um, personal opinion as well, all the land that uh, they currently own, but the schools are built on, it should be um, either donated by them voluntarily or CPO'd off them. Now don't get me wrong by the way and I'm, this is, we're talking I suppose in the wake of the horrible stories that have come out of the Spiritan schools and, and yeah. you know I, I would very much hasten to have it known that I was as horrified as the next man. I was taught by oh, brothers. I was taught by brothers and I never saw any of that happen um, yeah. ever, but even, ever. Even, even in my own time not in any way the equivalent Just, uh, but the idea that it would be just brothers or nuns who were doing that kind of thing they were lay teachers at the time they really well were and, and yeah. lots of them so, and lots of them so were, I would, yeah. uh, yes I, so I would like to say I think it was the, I wouldn't say it's solely nothing to do with the organisation because obviously there are other things outside of school they were still doing um, uh, horrific, horrific things. I don't want to minimise them anyway. Um, but there were late people involved too. Let's not pretend otherwise. Um, so I think as much, or to a degree, the time as well. Um, not that that is any excuse whatsoever for that kind of abuse of people. But uh, just separate from it, I just don't think there is any intrinsic association. Mm. There, there, there isn't. Um, we are an aberration when it comes to developed countries that have um, so much of our education controlled by the church. I think it's ourselves in Malta. Our, we have a huge amount. That kind of thing. Yeah, interesting. You know, Malta, you mentioned, we're also the on- Malta is o- also the only other country in the world that votes the same way we do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd give out about that too, but <laughs> that was a separate topic. <coughs> Sorry. Um, look, I just—it's it, a very simple thing. It's not a hate of Catholic. Much as I am an atheist, I don't pretend otherwise. It's not a. You weren't born. Were you, weren't, you weren't. Were you raised a Catholic? I would be honest. No one's born anyone. Um, but yes, I was. I was. Um, I think my last communion and the last time I was in church in terms of kind of worshiping, I think I was about, it would have been about 14 uh, right. and uh, the priest told me not to come back <laughs> I didn't say anything too bad but I, I, I gave him my honest opinion I was told not to come back with my parents and that was that so some people might choose to have their children brought up by in a religious ethos, others well, might not. As is absolutely their right. Mm. How they bring up their children. I mean, to be very clear, I would, as strongly as I would argue it has no association with the church, I would equally strongly as a parent's choice how they bring up their child. I mean, I wouldn't agree with it. It's not how I would bring up my children. But, I mean, that's my choice. They, that, someone who would bring them, their children up as Catholic or Protestant or Muslim or whatever would disagree with my choice and they're perfectly entitled mm. to. But they wouldn't enforce it upon me. Um, but, 
the idea, now the counter argument make that I'm the one trying to take, or if my views were taken more widely, that I'm the one trying to push my views on other by removing religious education. But I'm not removing it. Religious education can take place in religious context. Would you have religion class, Graham? No, I wouldn't. Um, I think it'd be now. It depends how you do. We just see that as possibility of it being taught as part of. You know, it, it can be covered in history to a degree. Um, it could be covered in CSP classes, as you know, you talk about world religions, major faiths, and all that yeah. kind of stuff. I, mean, I have no problem with people, so they are aware of what. I mean, if you look at history, and all that kind of stuff. If you look at history, Graham, how many of the more talked about wars in our history? Trace them back far enough, and you'll find a religious religious basis to the war. I you you can't untangle those things. So if you're so going to teach had, history, it, you're going to teach religion. Are you going to you teach about comparative religions? Yeah, you are. But I suppose you probably wouldn't go into the same kind of depth of the actual teachings and the beliefs. And to a degree, yeah. you, you touch you on it, but you wouldn't yeah. go in it. So, so I would, would you take would you take Holy Communion, converse, confirmation? Oh, absolutely, they're nothing to do with school and take up an enormous amount of time. Well, so this is the teacher coming out now. It is, uh, but also then again, that's my, it, it, they take up enormous time of education in primary school. I'm not a primary school teacher, mm. um, but they, it, it's my, I have a child in second class right now. It takes up an inordinate amount of time in education. The school has no choice. Not that I'm saying they would choose not to. That's uh, but they don't have a choice. If you they had a choice, would you? T- would you? Would you? Would I not teach it if I had a choice? Because hmm? but again, I, I I don't have to teach it. I'm in the second. No, no, no. no. If you had a choice, would your child be? Preparing for communion or confirmation? They're not. They're not. Okay. No. Um, but my child. So they're not going to be making the communion. No, they're not. So all well, of their. Sat down and talked. Yeah. All the friends are not all the friends. There are other students in their class who, um, who will not be making, but are they the minority? Absolutely. And um, have I had sat down with myself? And my wife had sat down and had a conversation with her child. If he turned around and says, "No, no, no, I want to do it," then fine. Oh really? Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I get like my child is aware of my beliefs. Um. He is also, every time I would bring that kind of thing up, I also make it very, very clear, this is what I believe. Most people disagree with me. And they do. Um, and I explain, I said, no, then again, I'm his father. He's probably more likely to want to agree with his dad. And I, I understand yeah. that. No, um, it's, it's interesting. So you as a teacher and a father <laughs> would prefer if all school, all school was non-religious and religion would be a choice outside. So if you have a, if you have a person of faith and you want your children to have your faith, you teach them your faith. Is that what you're but, saying? Yeah, you go to like Sunday school or something like that. I mean, if it is genuinely your faith, then that is what you would do. That is what you should do. That's if, how it if used to be done, to be fair, in America. Exactly. And that, if that's what you actually believe, then, and you are, is absolutely your right to believe that, then that is how you teach those religious teachings to your child. It should mm-hmm. not be done through a publicly funded education system. And the first step towards that is that currently schools where ch- children aren't of any denomination or of a different denomination and um, schools are meant to provide alternative education and they don't have the resources to do so. Yeah. That okay. is not the fault of the school. It's 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 a starter, uh, Graham. I could spend more time with you on it, but it's a starter. Grateful for your time and I know that your voice is struggling a little bit today, which is unfortunate, but what do you think of what Graham is saying? That it's time to take all the religion out of schools if you want it Raise your children in the church, raise your children in the church, but do it in your own time. Don't have the school system doing it. Now, Graham doesn't agree with the 
belief that I would hold and many would hold like me that without the brothers and the nuns we, we, we'd never have had an educational system in this country Graham doesn't subscribe to that that's fine he's entitled to um, your thoughts are, int- are, are welcome at 0818 96 96 96 Santa baby for non-stop Christmas hits non-stop Christmas hits my Christmas present for you listen to Cork's 96 miss streaming online now download our app or see 96fm.ie the lines are live and we're ready to talk can we just talk Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. That's interesting in the news there, this uh, human tissue bill with regard to donating organs for transplant and opt-out donation, as in unless you specifically say you don't want to be an organ donor, you'll be considered to be an organ donor, and I think that's a great idea. What I don't agree with, and I'm happy to discuss this with anyone, I think the idea that your next of kin can say no against your wishes. Nah, wouldn't be liking that at all. Don't like that at all, at all, at all. They're my kidneys. It's my liver. They're my lungs. They're my eyes. It's my heart nobody else's to give or to keep it's mine so if I'm gone tomorrow suddenly and anything left of me works well enough for someone else to have it then it's mine to give them and it is not with due respect to the woman it is not the queen bees to stop anyone taking it but that's my that's me if you have any thoughts on that, I'd love to hear them. I don't want eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Come back to religion in school and teaching catechism and teaching prayers and religion. Come back to that. Also, come back to domestic violence and a very powerful conversation with Priscilla, which we will put up as a as a podcast, separate podcast after the show. Also, we'll be looking shortly at your Christmas ads. You're, we're getting some suggestions as to people's favourite Christmas ads, the ones that stay with you and why do they stay with you there's people paid a lot of money and spend a lot of time putting these ads together and a a winning Christmas ad they could be writing the script for it in March and filming it in July and perfecting it throughout the summer so getting it right is is absolutely absolutely huge 0818 96 96 96 the number the text or whatsapp is 083 396 96 96 and the email opinion at 96fm.ie I was reading about this fabulous new app that people can put on their phone it's called Cordia and it's created for Winter Natira who is an enormous they're an enormous organisation up and down the country for community development and if you are in trouble at home and you look for help through the Cordia app, you'll, somebody will be found who can help you there and then in, in real time, as it were. Joined by first Declan Collins um, and then by Dermot Cronin. Um, Declan, you, you, you and Dermot, you came up with this together. I'll start with you, Declan. Good morning to you. This happened morning, af- It happened after something very personal yes the the original idea 
of getting people, friends, neighbours, whoever, people who are close by, to be able to respond to your need very quickly arose from an event that happened to my brother, who was also very much involved in coming up with the idea after it happened to him. So he had an event where somebody tried to break into his house and he was terrified. He didn't really know what to do. He took his wife and son and they locked themselves into a bedroom upstairs on the basis that that was the best way to stay safe. And after five or ten minutes with what felt like eternity, the banging and the the knocking and the trying to get in stopped. And Shane couldn't really understand why this had happened or whatever else. When we spoke then with the with the guardie and when myself and Shane put our heads together then afterwards, we, we realised that what actually happened was that some of Shane's neighbours inadvertently had disturbed the people who were trying to break in. Mm. So we did a little bit of research to see whether this was something people had looked at before. And we found some other research from different countries as well that the concept of a witness is something which is very powerful. And it meant that if somebody showed up and, and was there to witness something, the, in this case, the would-be intruders were likely to run away. And therefore, the person in, in the house, Shane and his family, would be safe. And we thought to ourselves, well, how can we make this happen by design rather than by accident? And we put our heads together and we figured out that by having an emergency button in, in our Cordia app, that it would mean that we could alert people close by very, very quickly with the press of a button. The message goes out straight away to people who have been pre- pre-set up. So you don't have to set them up at the time. You set them up when you download the app. Right. The message goes out straight away. These people get the message. They get your location. So you don't have to be at home. You can be anywhere. You could be out running. You could be out walking. It could be out in the field if you're a farmer. <clears throat> mm. Something happens and you need some help. You hit the button, your location, and the, the fact that you need help is sent to the people you've pre-nominated. Mm. Now, you need to be part of a Mwinch Natira WhatsApp, don't you? Community Alert WhatsApp. Not, not a WhatsApp, but a Community Alert um, group, a text alert group. Okay. So it's designed and built for Mwinch Natira and for the text alert um, community, uh, of which there are a number of thousands of people around the country involved in it. Yes, yes. There's a, lo- yeah. a load of them, for example, in Cork alone. Yes, it's, it, uh, community alert is, is very popular in Cork, and the, the use of the app in its, let's say, we're, we're looking at Generation 5 now that we're going to release in the next month. Sure. The previous generations are in use in Cork, and we have some very active users in, in various areas in Cork, in Ballincollig, for example, in Turing Valley, and various other uh, areas around Cork. So, so how it would work would be that I would join, or anybody I want to know, would join their local Natira text alert group, community text alert group. That's the first step, is it? The first step would be to join your local group. Yes. The second step would be to download the app. Right. The third step would be to set up your nominated cordia. I see. And all all of those steps, three simple steps, and you're ready to go. I see. I see. So if, for example, now, and I'm thinking in particular here of, you know, elderly relatives, um, they mightn't be that tech savvy, but at the same time, many of them can operate a phone better than some of ourselves. So if someone gets a fall and is can't get up off the ground in their kitchen 
but they can get at their phone. How does that work? Yeah, so once they can get at their phone, they can just open up the app, hit the emergency button, which is a big red button. It's very hard to miss once you have the app on your phone. Okay. And that's all you need to do. Straight oh. away, that message is sent out to people, the people that you have pre-nominated. Right. So take, for example, uh, someone, an, an elderly person, their neighbour, their children maybe, will all get this text simultaneously and whoever is That's nearest right. to them. Yes. And it doesn't mean that only one person can respond. A yes. number of people can come to help yes. um, and, and make sure that the person is looked after. Right. So that come back to what happened to your brother and that was an awful experience for himself and his family and I hope they're okay. That had that been a situation where they were terrified by what the sound they were hearing and of someone trying to get into the house, they would have opened up their phone, hit the emergency button and immediately the nearest Kharja or any number of Kharja would have been found. Would have been found and would have effectively done what actually happened in this particular case. A neighbour came along and did actually disturb the intruders or the would-be intruders. Okay. So except it would have happened this time a lot faster and by design. Okay. Let me, thank you Declan, let me stay there. Let me bring in Dermot Cronin. You, you, you designed and created the app, Dermot. Morning. Good morning. And uh, I suppose the designer really is uh, Declan. Uh, the, some of the ideas that have uh, been introduced in the various generations of the app might be coming from myself and the people that I meet at community alert meetings around the Southern Garda region. Mm. There's a lot of discussion on this and uh, we see changing needs out there. Crime constantly is changing since we began text alerts originally way back in 2008 mm. um, as an SMS messaging service the amount of burglaries has decreased probably as a very direct result of the fact that it is no longer possible for criminals to drive around the countryside uh, invisible to um, all mm. with the guard alerts being sent out on a pretty regular basis uh, Whenever there's a problem identified, uh, they quickly hone in on where a car is, where it's going, direction of travel, and that has been a real game changer. Yeah. However, we're seeing changing crime trends, and there's no need to uh, go in too deep into the amount of assaults, uh, both physical and sexual, that have been occurring um, across the country over the last few years. Uh, domestic abuse, um, cat calling when ladies are out for a run, uh, you know, just nastiness. Yes. And um, speaking to ladies at meetings, I realised that quite a lot of people, and indeed a lot of men also, are uh, very concerned about um, uh, being in isolated places. Mm. And uh, this is a way of... Um, doing something positive to um, increase the safety and the security of our friends, our relations, our neighbours, our members in our groups. I was talking to Declan in terms of people like his brother in the middle of a robbery or someone who has a fall at home in their kitchen or anything like that, but looking in terms of women walking home alone and I guess on these dark, cold nights of winter, uh, 
it's yeah. more relevant than ever. So the woman is walking home on her own from work. If she's been working in the corner shop or working in town or working wherever, she gets the bus. She's got a little bit of a walk from the bus up to the house. She and and she feels that someone got off the bus behind her and she's worried and she's frightened, which is an awful way for someone to have to be. She reaches into her handbag or grabs the phone out of her pocket of her jeans, taps this button and immediately somebody knows she needs help. And exactly where she is. Now go into that moment, Go into that bit for me because that's fascinating. What Declan has introduced this time as a result of our numerous lengthy conversations is um, a location button on the app that gives the friend, the husband, the concerned person an exact location of where I am when I press the emergency button. This this app is not tracking you on a day-to-day basis. It's a neutral, dead, uh, not taking any data or any uh, battery power from your phone until you switch it on. Well, when you open the app and hit emergency, it geolocates you there and then. Exactly, exactly. And and only then. And um, at that stage, uh, once the uh, friends are notified that you're up some road or some by road or up a field, it could be a farmer after taking a hurt, uh, in some isolated corner of uh, land. It, look, we have no idea the situations that people get or get into, and um, this is a way of finding somebody and directing help to them as quickly as we humanly can. And um, I think it's a game changer that it has huge possibilities, and I expect to see a lot of people coming into community alert groups asking, can they join the text alert service and get their uh, phones um, uh, loaded with this application for their own safety. Dermot, and or Declan, either one of you take this. Like, this app I could see working, like you say, a rural community area or wherever, but could could this app work in a city centre, for example? Yes, yes it could. You know, because I'm, I'm thinking in terms of young women, and particularly young women, but young men too, walking home a, a dark street in in yes. the dead of night, and they have to go up that dark street to get to the apartment they live in. At the end of it, there's no other way. They walk down this dark street, and something alerts them. Something frightens them. Yes. Tap the button, and their flatmate can be out of the apartment. Quick, smart. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. In some ways, it possibly is even uh, yet to be proved, but I would imagine that uh, you'd even have better location in the city because the cells uh, for the phones are so close together in the city that uh, right. oh, you'd be uses the, it uses the, the phone cell to track you. Uh, Declan is probably more... Yeah, Declan, uh, it uses the phone that. cell to track you, yeah? It, it uses GPS location services on your phone. Right, okay. Wow. So that's what it does. And as Dermot said... When you hit the button, that's when we use your location. Okay. And when somebody responds, we also use their location to okay. let the person who hit the button know how far away they are so they know that help is close by. Lads, if that I wanted to join, my first step would be to join, obviously, a Minter Natira Community Alert Group. How would I do that? Where would I go about that? Uh, you're, uh, you have my permission to give uh, my phone number to anybody and uh, my email address is dearmont at Okay. 
and uh, I'll steer people depending on where they're living to uh, an appropriate group. I see, I see. Okay, okay. And and are they very localised, Dermot? For example, there's about 180 groups in County Cork alone. Right. Now, for example, I live in Douglas. Okay. Yes, there's um, uh, a couple of groups uh, around Douglas. You have uh, Hilton Valley Urban, you have Rochestone, you have a group in Douglas going up there to Frankfield, uh, Grange and beyond, uh, Toker, Ballinlock, uh, Ballincollig. Right. Just just for... So you would sign in to the group, you would, you would get on your local text alert group and then you would download the app. Yeah. Now, to be honest with you, it will work no matter what means in the the alert group you're in. I see. Ideally, you would join your local one. But mm. let's uh, take the position of many people in the country that uh, they might live in the city and uh, their high mass is some country village. I was just oh. going to say that. Like you might live, you might work in the city and spend time in the city, but you might, yeah. you might live in Fermoy. Yes, exactly. Uh, the home place might be far away, but if you're a member of any group anywhere in Ireland and you're registered with us, the, the, the registering with the local group really is a security feature in that we know who we're dealing with. Okay. The local group will understand the person and um, know their kosher. Uh, this is fascinating. This is absolutely fascinating, uh, this idea and where it came from, indeed, uh, in your own case, Declan. Um, there was a story in the in the papers recently. I don't know if either of you heard about it. This was this young woman, this misfortunate young woman. Claire McKenna was her name. She was a singer. And she had just got a new apartment in New York. And she never got to stay there because she was murdered in early October um, she, her body was found in a bush at half nine in the morning in in Queens in New York and something frightened her something happened to her somebody killed that girl and if she had an app like yours in her phone I know New York is far from here but if she had an app like that in her phone someone would have known she was in trouble and her dad she sent a text to her dad just hours before her death she was frightened. Yeah. You know. Exactly. You know, somebody would have known horrible, and horrible possibly situation for both that time. girl and her father to be in. Yeah. To be so far apart, unable to do mm. anything. Declan, sorry, you were saying something there. I was saying if she had some cordia set up in the local area where she was, mm. then it, it may have been something very beneficial to her to be able to alert people. I don't know where her dad was, but I'm guessing he may have been in Ireland. No, he was in New York, I believe. Oh, he was in New York, was he? Yeah, I believe so, yeah. So even better, if she had the button, he, he would have gotten a, a message and may have been able yeah. to um, <clears throat> to get there, depending on how far away he was. And I know this is uniquely an Irish invention and an Irish app, but it would have global application, lads. Global application. Absolutely, yeah. yes. Okay, thank you both, Declan Collins and uh, Dermot Cronin, who've set up this app called Cordia. You have to join Amwincha Natira text alert group, and you can do that from 18 to 80. Anyone can get involved in one of those. And once you're involved in one of those, you download the app, you set up who your friends are, your best friend, your sister, your brother, the guy you work with, person, anyone who's on the app with you. 
and then if anything should happen to you or befall you any time of the day or night, you take out the phone, you tap emergency and someone is alerted. The nearest to you will come and find you. It's a brilliant idea. It's called Koija. You do need to be... Now, if you want to find out more about joining a Mwinchen Tira community group, you can email Dermot, who was just on there with me, uh, Dermot Cronin. You can email him, Dermot at Mwincher.ie. We're playing all your favourite Christmas hits after midday on Cork's 96FM. With your local mace, amazing value, sure to make you smile this Christmas. The legendary Cork's 96FM Santa Calls are back. Festive. We've asked Santa to call as many children as possible before the big day. And as a good friend of the show, he's agreed. Ho, ho, ho! Santa Claus is coming to be able to chance to get a call from Santa in the North Pole, simply go to 96fm.ie and fill out the form. Santa Calls. With Dan Seaman Motors, the ho-ho-home of Fiat, Alfa Romeo, Jeep and Fiat Professional in Cork. See danseamanmotors.ie. Only on Cork's 96FM. Now, I've heard about these phones uh, for people who just want a very simple phone and want big numbers, big buttons that they can see. But I didn't know that about them, dear. It's the Doro phone. Morning. Hi, good morning. Um, yeah, bought one last year for my dad. Didn't realise this feature was on it at all. There's a button on the back and if you press it, it beeps three times and then it'll start phoning so you can put the order of family members that you want to ring. Right. So, like I have it ringing my mother first, then my brother who would be able to answer the phone when he's in work. Then my other brother, and then I'm down in West Cork, so I have me down last. Right. But what I thought was fabulous about it is you don't even have to go in and open the phone, you know. that you know, if you get a fall, you might be flustered right. and trying to find a number or whatever. Whereas you literally just press this button on the back of the phone and it works away itself. Wow. I've never, yeah. I've seen these phones and I've seen them sort of in, in shops and for older people whose eyesight wouldn't be what it used to be or, you know, they don't they've no great interest in scrolling the internet, but they want a phone. Yeah, but that that's exactly what Dad said when his phone died. No, Deirdre, he said, I want a simple phone for a simple person. <laughs> so that was what There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. What I went for, and but obviously I never even realized that this was on it, and I thought it was fantastic. Right, right. So it goes... So so you put in, your say, your number, your brother's number, whatever, mm-hmm. and then it rings them in order, is it, until somebody answers? Until somebody answers, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's absolutely brilliant. Yeah. There's actually a different one of them for very young kids. So you can, for a kid on their first phone, Ergil's telling me here, you can you can dial your mom, you, you can put the, the mom's number into it or dad's number into it. And if All it right. happens to the child then, if they get, they're worried or frightened or whatever, they can do it and it'll ring mum or dad. That's that's brilliant too. Yeah, yeah. Same same idea, I suppose, really. That's really cool. All right, yeah. thank you for thank you for that, Deirdre. Thank you for that. No, Excellent. No, oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. There's tons of stuff in on religion and tons of stuff in on, on, on other things and that personal security app which is called Cordia. Kate says, What a brilliant idea. You'd almost feel safer just from having it without anything happening. I remember I was walking home one night and I got followed, took out my phone and started talking like there was someone there. But of course, there was no one there. Oh, I get you. I was so afraid and they followed me right up to my door. The government should pump loads of money into that app or into that system. That Yeah, I mean, you see people doing that. I often see people walking home on their own, particularly women walk at home on their own and they have the phone up to their ear and they're having a very animated conversation and you're thinking, are they actually talking to anybody? It's another way of, of keeping yourself safe. Michael on the Doro phone, is that it, Michael? Morning. Good morning. How what would you like to say? Um, no, I was just um, listening to the conversation there and I, I just uh, I, it's a great idea, the app, uh, but most people have uh, PIN numbers on their phone now, and I'm just concerned that by the time they put in their PIN and access the app, that, uh, you know, it might take too much time, and they mightn't have that time. Yes. Where my kids actually have, uh, they got watches from last Christmas, uh, but because we said they were too young to have actual phones, but, like, we'd be concerned. We live in the countryside, but, like, if they went for a little walk down the road and if something happened or if they needed our help immediately, they'd just press a, an alarm button on the watch. Mm. Or the watch has a text message and I, they can text, uh, you know, it's all parental control, so they can only have so many numbers on the watch and all that. But there is an emergency button on it where they just press that if they need it, and that keeps on alarming to the parents until they get the help they require. That's actually an excellent idea, but it's a great point that you raised too about pin numbers and stuff. Yes, unless unless the unless the phone actually would have had a fingerprint uh, activation yeah, or facial uh, rec. Yeah, and then uh, and and but then access. You know, I know I've got several apps on my phone. By the time you go looking for the app, and if you're in a panic mode, yeah, I, you know it. It is a very very great idea for the app. But I'm just concerned about it might not be as as quick for the person if they need it. You know that sort of way. Yeah, no, it's it, that's an excellent point. It's an excellent point, and worth thinking about. Thanks, Michael. This is getting into the Cordia app or getting into any any other app 
like that or getting into your phone numbers to, to ring some pins and all that security which are necessary on our phones they could slow the process down Michael thank you for that yeah 0818 96 96 96 come back to religion and I was talking to Graham now Graham is a teacher and he's also a dad and as he said himself he is an atheist he wants to take all religion out of schools he doesn't want any teaching of religion in schools doesn't think there should be any religious ceremonies in schools like communions, confirmations if you want to have your child make their communion or if they want to make their communion or the confirmation then you sort it out yourself and you do it at home and you do it whatever way you have to do it but school, he says and as both a teacher and a parent he says, school is not the place to be doing it someone said, who's this incredibly sensible man on air religion is a waste of time if the parents had to teach religion to their kids there'd be nobody baptised bouncy castle Catholics everywhere (laughs) That's a good expression. Finbar. Bold, but good. Um, Bouncy castle Catholics, says Finbar. It's a waste of time. Art, music, maths, sport and languages are a million times more beneficial for kids. And then this one. I was listening to PJ there. Typical anti-religious attitude, not a neutral attitude. I went to a very religious school. We always were given the secular view. The idea that religion is being pushed on people isn't fair. It's just a very small part why deprive kids of enriching their lives, being exposed to religious ideas? Also, as the guy said, it's majority that's being catered for. Typical that excluding people is being trotted out now as an argument. You'll be excluding religious people by shoving secularism down their throat. There's a solid balance in religion. The caller obviously has an agenda, far from neutral, opening the people up to other ideologies that through history have taken the place of religion. Look at America nowadays. Some other ideology always comes in. That's from Brian. I think Graham's point, Brian, is if you want to raise your children in a religious way and have them to be people of faith and people of religion, then that is your business, not the business of the school. That is the view that that is the view that that, that Graham holds. Then on the phone, PJ, it's all very well to be exposed to opinions, but particularly with the current setup, it is taught that certain things are wrong and you could regard yourself as the most religious person in the world, but you did what's right for you in your life and now your children are being taught that it's wrong. Don't reach, don't teach religion or morality in school, which brings me back, I know where this is coming from, brings me back to uh, the, the row over Father Sheehy a few weeks ago down in in, in Kerry and we all know how many hearts he broke if you want Jerry says I think there should be a morning prayer and an evening prayer they're totally ecumenical or keep them as ecumenical as possible but I kind of agree with Graham there should be no religion taught as a subject people should teach their beliefs to their own children themselves 0818 96 96 96. Access all areas on Cork's 96 FM. Your guide to nightlife on Leaside. Hi, it's Michael here with the latest on Cork's entertainment. Kevin McGarren is known to Irish audiences from hosting RTE's Republic of Telly and appearing in the likes of Hardy Books. Also a fantastic stand-up, Kevin comes to City Limits Comedy Club this Saturday night with tickets available on the door. Access all areas. 
Ham Sandwich returned to Cypress Avenue for an album launch show on December 1st, celebrating their new album, Magnify. Following some superb singles from the top 10 album, the Mead Band have a great lead side following with tickets on sale now from cypressavenue.ie. Access all areas. If you have a gig show or exhibition coming up in Cork in the coming weeks, drop us a line here at Access All Areas. You can reach us on AAA at 96fm.ie. Access all areas. Your guide to nightlife on the side. On Cork's 96FM. These texts and apps are a great idea, says D in Goline, but what happens if you're in a bad reception area? Which is a point. It is a point. But look, they're all a great idea. But people can see, yeah, good idea, but... Good idea, but what, Ian? Morning. Hi, PJ Hortings. Uh, I just think, it, yeah, it's a very good app, especially for elderly or, you know, informed people or, you know, people like that. But there's been a couple of high-profile cases where mobile phone data has been shot down under mm. EU law. Is it dead? I won't mention any names. No, on, don't. On Best not to. Because it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's a, there's an appeal going on. John. Yes. Uh, but there's been a couple of high-profile cases where mobile phone data that was uh, got by the guards has been shot down under EU law saying it can't be used. Yes. Is it, uh, you know... But, but I think, that, Ian, isn't this more in terms, not so much of investigating any potential crime, but if someone feels that they're in danger, or if they know they're in danger, that they're just alerting someone that's nearby that'll come to oh, their yes. assistance. Yeah, and that's why I'm saying it's a good idea. But if something did happen then, and, you know, evidence was accrued and all that, that the case could be shot down because of something like that, which I think is a crazy um, thing. That right. Oh, you're thinking, that you're thinking so that, let's say, you're on your way home and something happens to you and you take the phone, you might be attacked or you might feel you're going to be attacked or robbed. Yes. And you take the phone out of your pocket and you hit the app and I'm your buddy and I live half a mile away and I get into my car and I drive and we apprehend the fellow who's trying to mug you. Yes. Your fear is that when we try and bring him into court, you alerting me through an app might not stand up legally. Uh, Well, yes. And like, the other part, the, the, the so-called accused, if he has his mo- he or she has a mobile phone on them, and you know, you see them, you notice them, but under the mobile phone data rules that the guard yeah. might use, that that's where it might be uh, shot down or kind of a grey yeah. area. Oh, look, that data protection is just a jungle. Thanks, Ian. Good point. But it's a great idea. It doesn't take from the greatness of the idea for the Cordia app. But people like Ian and other, others, Dee and Goleen, what happens if you're in absolute crap reception, which is all too common, particularly in rural areas? Thanks, Ian. 0818 96 96 96. I forgot to give you this. At least I think I did. I forgot to give you this. This is our Foot Solutions audio. Our Foot Solutions friends on the Grand Parade with us every day this week with a 200 euro voucher to give away. You're giving the gift of happiness to your loved ones this Christmas with a Foot Solutions gift card. Free your feet and the rest will follow. Here's a classic Christmas. This is another one. You should not be let out on your own. You certainly shouldn't be allowed to go Christmas shopping on your own. If you can't tell me the missing word from this particular Christmas song. Last Christmas, I gave you my heart, but the very next 
ho. What is the missing word? <laughs> I almost feel... Oh, that's way too easy. Like, what's the missing word from this Christmas classic song? <laughs> Text to WhatsApp the word and your name to 083 396 96 We'll put you in the draw for the 200 euro foot solutions gift card. Draw that by the end of the show. 0818 96 96 96. Did you know? <laughs> Did you know that in hospital, anyone having a baby over the age of 35 is now officially known I didn't know they wrote this down they do apparently write this down you're officially known as a geriatric mother a what PJ? a geriatric mother if you're over 35 and you're having a baby you're known as a geriatric mother now that is at a time when more and more women are having children later in life they get their career established and then they take time out maybe in their late 30s, early 40s, to have the children. And there's loads of children, or loads of women in their 40s, with toddlers running around them. Um, Sandra, you've been writing about this, uh, what the right, right age to have a, a, a baby. Would you consider yourself a geriatric at 35? <laughs> Certainly not. I am 35. Um, and I just, it's the most awful term Isn't it? for a woman who's going in to have a baby, especially if it's their first and they're, you know, they've taken a lot of time in consideration and they've thought, yeah, now is the perfect time for me. They go in and it's written on your form, PJ. I mean, they don't use it, I don't think. Like, I have friends who've had babies at that age and I don't think they use the word, but it's there. <laughs> like, Mm. which is just ludicrous. Um, I mean, as you said there, you know, you kind of establish your career. I suppose I have friends who kind of went the opposite direction. So I have a friend who had her kids quite young. She was in her early to mid-20s. And then when the kids were kind of 10, um, she's a year or two older than me. Then she went back to college, got her degree, and now she's working. And in ways, I'm a little bit jealous because I'm like, oh, God, you you know, you, that was quite clever mm. <laughs> doing it that way. But everyone doesn't have that luxury. I did it the way most do in that I kind of worked my way through my career in my 20s, got to a point where I was happy and settled and then decided to have my family. Mm. Um, so I was 31 when I had my first. Right. Right. 31. Would you... You see, one doesn't want to be in any way sexist or ageist in any way here, but at 31, Sandra, you'd also seen a bit of life. You'd lived a bit. This is it, and I do think that's important, yeah. So, I mean, I'd travelled a bit. I'd lived in, like, I'd lived in America. I'd lived in a part of Europe. I, you know, I'd gone on honeymoon to Asia, I'd I'd done things, I'd experienced things, I'd had a good few jobs. Unfortunately, the generation I'm in, still renting, but, you know, what can we do about that? That's a whole other topic. Mm. Um, but I suppose for me, I felt, yeah, this is a good time. Um, you know, like kids, they're great crack, but they're also a lot of work, physical work. Yes. So I think you need an element of being young and fit to cope with that, if that makes sense. Yes, you do. You know, like... I have a two and a three year old and I spend a lot of my life physically running around after them and picking them up like <laughs> Yeah. And they're they're 
they're time consuming and they, they are. Yeah, yeah, they're physically difficult. Physically demanding, and I know that's not something you appreciate until you actually have children. But when you do, you're like, "Gee, I'm wrecked!" Like <laughs> because you're physically running around after them, and you know, like mine are boys, and they're boisterous and they're brilliant. But yeah. like, if they think that I'm not going to catch up to them, they'll run in opposite directions. Like, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I can tell you, they can run a lot faster than I can. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You also have to then catch up on the rest of your life when when you've gotten over those early few years, I suppose. Poor old Simon, poor old Simon Murdoch walked in here at five to twelve yesterday, looking like a shadow of the man I know. And 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 Babby isn't well, and and his his missus was going back to work, and he was up until quarter past four in the morning with a sick Babby, and I just yeah. thought, you poor bugger, you know. And 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 yeah. Simon is no alpha, is you know. <laughs> Yeah. And that's one side of it as well. I mean, having sick children is exhausting. Like we both work full time. We work five. Well, I work five days a week. My husband actually works six days a week. We work full days. And yeah, if they're sick or they're not sleeping or they're teething, it adds another layer of exhaustion. And again, I think if I was facing that at 47, personally, I would be more tired because at that point, I want to be taking a bit of a downward (laughs) trend. Do you know what I mean? I want to be kind of getting like, oh yeah, they're at this age, they're a bit more manageable, they're sleeping through the night, I can relax, yeah. I can kick back. Do you know, the, I can get back to my life the, in a the little other bit thing of a way. Well, you said you had your first at 31 and I said you'd lived a bit and, and that is, mm. you know, you you learnt a bit about life. Yeah, But exactly. then again, yeah. there is, there's, there's something to be said for having it all out of the way by your mid-30s. Well, so if you, you have, know, your, like if that, you have the children yeah, in your, in your 20s, mine, you know, yeah, I mean, like, honestly, she's, like, now looking back, I'm like, God, you had it all figured out. I'm like, yeah, you'd had your kids before you were 30. Then you went back to college, you did your degree. But the other side of that is that she was doing a four-year degree while working yeah. and with very small primary school age children. Oh. And that's a real challenge can, as well. Can, can, I, can I let you into a little secret, Sandra? How, how old are yours now? So they're two and three. They're two and three. Let me tell you something, okay? And and I, I say this coming from a place of kindness. The, f- <laughs> the first 25 I, I years are the hardest. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> Only another 22 and 23 to go, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This, it's all P- plain sailing once they hit 30, P- isn't it? <laughs> P- yeah, PJ, I have three small kids and I'm 43. I tell every young woman I meet now have their babies in their 20s and bait from them. I'm working full time and I have three <laughs> under the age of five, says Anna. It, it's hard, like it is. Um, but I mean, it's great. Like there's nothing, I wouldn't change anything. And I suppose the one thing I always say as well is don't wait for circumstances. You know, don't wait to have the house, have the perfect career prospect or, you know, don't wait for those things to line up. Just have the family when you want to have the family. Everything else will fall into place. And if it doesn't, it doesn't, you know. Yeah, there's too many timetables on us in our lives. Yeah, you could wait forever. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you could honestly, you'd be waiting. And then suddenly you look back, you're 39, 40, and you kind of go, God, you know, do I want to enter into this stage now? And it's just, it's a, it would be an awful regret to have I was, because you were waiting for those things. I was 30, and they're just things. I was 32 when I became a dad. Um, yeah. And, you know, twins. <laughs> and, and 
you know, in fairness, Queen Bee's done all the hard work. I'm not taking any credit for that. She's done all the hard work and all the heavy lifting, literally. And I'm sitting there with these two little bundles in my arms above in the hospital. And you know, my, my first thought was, Jesus, what do I do now? <laughs> yeah, where, where's the instruction book? <laughs> Equal measures of, you know, being terrified and excited. That's what I always say. And where's, now I'm at a Where's the instruction like, book? Chaos and cuteness, you know. <laughs> but it's all, yeah, it's great fun. You know, good, good. As I said to you, you've only 23 and 22 odd years left before it starts getting a small little bit easier. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Thanks a whole bunch. Uh, Sandra Quinn, uh, writing about heaven children in your 30s or do you do it in your 20s get it all out of the way and then live a bit in your 30s or do you learn a bit about life and have I don't know I was 32 Queen Bee was 28 when the twins were born and one thing I have to tell you this no one tells you this nobody ever tells you this until you're actually sitting there with them in your hands there's no book there's no instruction book 0818 Come back to the apps. Cordia ad app. Uh, the Cordia app. You know the one we were talking about a while ago. We're just getting through so much on the show today. This is the Cordia app, the emergency app. Kaz has a thought uh, on that. Here we go. Guys, read the Cordia app. I'm actually just signing up for it there at the moment. But um, you can um, send a live location tracker in WhatsApp. Um, if you want to, if you have teenagers who don't have that, um, the app, or if you if you are out, like I go out walking the dog down the woods or down by the ocean on my own, and I can send a live tracker in WhatsApp to my husband, and I can send it for one hour or for eight hours, um, and he can just log in anytime he wants, and he can see where I am so that he knows that I'm safe. Um, so you can do that. Also, if you have an Apple phone, you just click on the button at the side. You don't need to put in your PIN number. You just click on it really hard and you can swipe and it'll immediately call the emergency services and the same if you have a watch you just click on the button the side of your apple watch um i think it's three times and that'll immediately um call emergency services as well so there's a few devices that can help just if you wanted to share the info Thanks, Kaz. That's kind of cool. 0818 96 96 96. Yeah, and Android and Apple phones work a bit differently, so just bear that in mind. They do or they do it as well. I don't have an Android. Fergal is the Android king in 96FM. Um, I'm an iPhone. He's an Android. I'm not entirely sure what you have, Emer. But, uh, yeah, they, they, they do. best thing to do is look up whatever your phone is. For, for the best advice I want to do. Thanks for that. 0818 96 96 96. Um, your favourite ads, I've been hoping to do this, and we just got so busy this morning. Some of the Christmas ads that keep coming back time and time again. Some of the best ones, like D, I think D and I are on the same track here. Hey PJ, just D here, just listening to speaker Christmas ads. I'm speaking for so many people. And I know it's one of your favourites is you'll never guess what Santa brought. The grey voice of the late Peter Caffrey. I think he passed away in 2008. And I think he made that that ad so iconic. He told the story through his voice, but it also kept it simple. Santa bringing so many stuff. But Dad brought the trains, uh, the Barry's ad. It's timeless, gorgeous. 
Pete, Pete, the great Peter Caffrey. It's amazing that the ad is so popular that people remember the voice. There's something about Christmas. Peter Caffrey. That and more ads in the next hour. It's that time of year again. Oh, yes, it is. This Friday is a free Panto Friday on Cork's 96FM for Cinderella. This year's Panto at the Everyman. Listen in all day Friday for the cue to call and you could win a family pass to see the show on Thursday, December 15th. Plus a VIP reception from 6pm. Stay listening to win your way to Cinderella at the Everyman. Only on Cork's 96FM. The lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 0818 9696 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. Oh crikey lads, I just saw something during the news there and I'm not, I'm not worth topping safety after it. I really am not worth ascent after what I've just seen there's a picture going around it's been printed in one or two of the online sites of that little lad up the country who was attacked by a pit bull terrier Uh, oh my god you've never seen the like the little lad nine um, he survived, he's in Crumlin and no doubt they'll do wonderful work on him in Crumlin but he literally has no no lower lip left left. Uh, the brute of a dog Tore, tore one of his cheeks off he's absolutely mangled the poor kid and then it emerged that that particular dog who has now been destroyed a pit bull terrier had attacked somebody else about four days previously and I know they always get in trouble I'm, I'm traumatised from seeing that from seeing that picture look for it if you if you want to look for it but you need a strong stomach for it and I have a strong stomach poor kid the pain that he's facing let alone the pain he's gone through God bless us and what I'm going to say will get me in trouble with people who have them and who people who claim that they are the most gentle and loyal pets and I'm sure they are I'm very sure they are and if they're properly trained and properly raised and properly loved and properly handled I've no doubt they make wonderful pets. But why would you have something? Their head is a ball of muscle and teeth. And they can do that to a child. Why would you keep something like that as a pet? It's like keeping a crocodile as a fecking pet. I'm sorry, it is. You know? Why would you? I mean, I have dogs. I love dogs. And I'm sure my two dogs could turn on you tomorrow. But they're not, they've not got a head of muscle and bone. It can, oh, we'll come back to it. We'll come back to it. I, I'm, I'm just very upset by that picture. Sorry, that's I am. 0818 96 96 96. The number, the text to WhatsApp is 083 396 96 96. And the email opinion at 96fm.ie. I'll probably get kilt for saying that now about pit bulls, but I don't know why you would have it's, it's, it. It's like keeping an alligator in the bathroom and saying it's a pet. I'm sorry, it is. That's my view. Um, remain to be turned on it. Uh, we'll come back to it. Oh, we'll come back to it. 0818-96-96-96. Um, we've come to the ads. I know you're holding out all morning to hear some of your favourite 
Christmas ads. And but we're going to be spending some time on this over the next couple of days. But I want to go to something that came up recently. I read an article in The Echo that was quite disturbing. It was focusing on teenagers as young as 14 who are drinking to an extent that they are becoming dependent on drink and that they are developing a drink problem in their teens as young as 14. And they even realise at 14, some of them, that their drinking is out of control. And one of the people quoted was Childline volunteer, uh, Megan Sarl, who joins me now. Megan, good morning. Good morning, PJ. How are you? Very well, thank you. This is, I mean, we all knew that there was always underage drinking. Let's face it, there always was. But now kids at 14 have dependency issues and they know it and they're frightened by it. Yeah, I suppose underage drinking has always been an issue um, and will probably always be an issue. Um, But I suppose there's huge awareness now on dependency, on, you know, social media. um, And I suppose young people as young as 14, 15, 16, you know, they are turning to drink. um, But there's also a lot of underlying issues to why this is happening. um, And I suppose that's really important to highlight as well. Yeah. Why why do they turn to drink? What kind of things are happening in their young lives? You know, big thoughts. I often think of something that a wise a wise old man used to say big thoughts for small heads. What big thoughts mm-hmm. are in small heads that they're turning to drink? Well, I suppose mental health at the moment is um, through the roof. Um, Young people are experiencing a lot of anxiety, um, a lot of issues with family, with relationships, um, bereavement, self-esteem. You know, the list goes on and on. And I suppose in the last year or two in particular, we had COVID thrown into the mix of all of that. And we're really only seeing the tip of the iceberg of what's to come from the pandemic that we're hopefully now coming out of. Um, but I suppose it is a huge reality for young people right now that COVID has been an issue. Um, loss, loneliness, uh, you know, trauma that they've experienced in their life mm. um, is definitely one of those things that is, uh, I suppose, giving them anxiety, but also helping them to, you know, maybe turn to things that aren't so great for them. Because during the pandemic, and I remember being here day after day <laughs> talking about it, and people were... First of all, they were criticising young people for sneaking out onto greens and getting together when they were told stay at home. That was one thing. But then others were saying, look, you have to understand you're 15, you're 16, your summer has been stolen from you. You've been told stay at home when you want to be out with your friends. You've been told go nowhere when you want to go everything with everywhere and do everything with these half a dozen people. And we'd be mindful of that. Are you now seeing in Childline, Megan, are you now seeing the the the, the results of that? 
Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose, you know, we would be experiencing a high number of calls around kind of that isolation and loss. Um, and I suppose with bereavement as well is a big one at the moment, and especially around Christmas time, um, bereavement comes into every family. Um, and for our young people and for our children that are ringing us, that's a main theme that we're seeing. Um, loneliness, dependency on, you know, other other things. Um, and I suppose the biggest one for them around Christmas is that that loneliness and you know you mentioned there about young people trying to get together during COVID we spent so much time telling young people socialize go out meet your friends you know um, and then during COVID it was like stay inside go on your phone they're criticized for going on their phone and they're criticized for not going on the phone so you know it's it is a real uh, drawback sometimes being a teenager you know you're kind of told one thing but you're experiencing something else and then you're feeling something else completely yeah, yeah. And the, the the things that they call Childline about, we started the programme this morning with a, a very strong mm-hmm. conversation with a woman called Priscilla about domestic mm-hmm. violence and how at Christmas time, uh, you know, it, it, it can reach a peak. Do you hear from many yeah. children over Christmas about domestic violence, for example? Yeah, absolutely. And I was listening myself earlier to her speak and I was thinking, you know, we talk to so many children on the other end of that and that are experiencing, you know, domestic violence at home, you know, parents that are maybe, uh, you know, quite abusive at home. And I suppose children sometimes don't always understand what's happening. Um, You know, they see mom or dad as, you know, a figure in their life. And then all of a sudden this is happening and they're quite angry, quite scared, you know, depending on the age of the child. So definitely at Christmas, we would see a high um, amount of calls around domestic violence um, and also just children just feeling really lost and uh, alone, I suppose. Do, do, do youngsters come to you, Megan, when they want to talk about something like maybe a, I'm thinking of someone 14 or 15 years of age who feels wrong in their sexuality or or who feels that no and no one else will listen to them and they don't know what to do Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely and I suppose we would have a lot of callers ringing about identity and whether it be that they're um you know transgender they're bisexual they're not really sure what they are they're having different confusing thoughts um and yeah we would listen and talk with them and hear what they have to say yeah i think the case with with child is megan and i've spoken to yourself and your colleagues maybe not spoken to you before but i've spoken to colleagues previously mm-hmm. with child yeah. there is nothing you won't talk about no absolutely not and i suppose you know there is a huge misconception that child line is there for the child who is being severely abused and there's no other way to get out we're there for every single child so whether they want to give us a ring and tell us how they got on in school if they want to give us a ring and tell us about you know what happened did i'm a celebrity the other night you know we will talk to every single child no matter what they have to say um, and we are just there as that listening ear and i suppose adults can be so busy um, life can be so busy between work and uh, you know extra um, commitments and stuff sometimes children do feel that they just want to tell somebody about the aid they got on a maths test or you know who mm. when I'm a celebrity nobody at home is is watching it so they just want somebody to listen to them about it and I suppose that's the really nice thing about Childline. Right. 
So, so there is no such yeah. thing as a silly call. No, absolutely not. No, never. And I suppose we would encourage uh, all children and young people in Ireland um, and in Cork to give us a call, you know, suss us out, say hello. Um, you know, we would hope that if that child is feeling really down someday or, you know, maybe is experiencing a loss in their life, a parent, a guardian, a grandparent dies and all of a sudden their world comes crashing down, they can think, oh, you know what? I spoke to that really nice guy in Chiline or that really nice woman in Chiline. I might give them a call. So that's kind of our hope, I suppose, that children know we're there when they need us. But we're also there if they just want to give us a call and say hello. You, you, you are an anonymous service but if someone wanted like supposing supposing someone called you today Megan I'm just choosing you because you're there on the end of the phone mm-hmm. supposing yeah. someone called you today and you had a conversation and in a week's time they feel they want to talk to Megan again can they do that? So I suppose yes and no is the answer okay. um, with Chiline we're anonymous so yeah. every call that we get um, we're all trained the same we all do the same thing but I might not be on every single day and um, my, you know my shift is, is a Tuesday evening say so if that child rings me on a Tuesday evening and I talk to them delighted to talk to them yes they might call back a Tuesday evening they might by chance get me but they also um, might call on a Thursday and I don't work Thursday so I suppose every single child I'm volunteer is trained to do the same thing we're all coming from the same ethos um, and we just want to be there and listen and support the okay. children that give us a call. Okay, alright listen, Megan, to, to you and all your volunteer colleagues, thank you for what you do for children who need you the number uh, for any child looking to call Childline one eight hundred six 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 six. 666 Just lastly Megan, how how much availability is it around the clock or when is it open? Yep, so we're open 24 hours a day, seven days a week and Christmas Day, New Year's Day. I'll be on Christmas Day myself um, okay. and I suppose around the clock. Um, and I suppose that's where the the fundings come from as well. You know, the support that we get yeah. from the public is incredible um, and we could not do it without them. Yeah. So yeah, if, if Trialine is something that you want to um, fundraise for this Christmas, you know, www.ispcc.ie will yeah. give you all the details. And there's a fundraising team as well, 081850. 4050 oh, 08, 08, 50, 40, 50. Thank you, Megan Sarrell, who's a Chelline volunteer. 24-7, they're available. 1-800-66-66-66. The Two Grand Minute. Listen to play at 7.40 and 8.40 every day. Answer 10 questions to claim all that cash. Stacking up the cash. Cash! Cash! Grand Minute with the Pavilion Christmas Store. Discover the latest Christmas styling trends and delightful dining. The Pavilion for Christmas. Just minutes from Cork Airport. Casey and Ross in the morning. On Cork's 96FM. If you're waiting for the ads, they're coming. Uh, But before that, it's back. It's back and it's bright and it's bouncy and it's seasonal and it's all tinsel and glitter and festive fun. The countdown to Christmas is on, so Cork's 96mas is back. It's our exclusive online festive station. Your favourite Christmas hits around the clock 24-7. You get them on the website 96fm.ie or on the Cork's 96fm app. Cork's 96mas brought to you by Blackpool Gift Cards. They're the best with so much choice for all the family. Pure shopping, pure Christmas, pure 
Blackpool, Cork's 96, but exclusively online now from Cork's 96 FM. Now those ads. The examiner did a spread about them recently and they wrote about, you know, how much planning goes into a classic Christmas ad. And they can start as early as March. Uh, you get an idea and July you start putting together a plan and you're filming in the summertime to make a Christmas ad. And sometimes they click and they become completely iconic like the most recent one that I remember was the little super value one there's a gorgeous one with a fawn I'll I'll dig it out it's very visual but I'll dig it out and give it a spin before the week is out but this one do you remember this one this one came out during lockdown Uh, didn't everything when super value decided to do a very special seasonal ad during lockdown do you remember this one mom is he still coming this year? Of course he is. Really, Dad? He's coming. Are you sure? He's coming. Granddad! Happy Christmas, Connor. I knew you'd come. And the whole country had something in its eye. Remember that? That was lovely. But that's the modern ones. The old ones are the... I, I particularly love this one. And I'm no one's asked for it just yet. But do you remember this? Do you remember that? Penny's got a whole lot of things for Christmas. People are saying, yes, uh, my favourite ad is the Super Value one with the little girl and the reindeer. I, I'll try to come... I'll try to get that one, Eileen. But yes, the Kellogg's one. This one I think you're talking about. We take great pride in the quality food products we make and work hard all year to bring our best to you each morning. You must have liked them. Don't worry. Maybe you'll see him next year. Ho, ho, ho. We wish you and yours the very best of everything this Christmas. Yeah, that was the killer. That was an American ad that had nothing that ever was to do with Ireland. It became, it became iconic in Ireland. And then there was the one... I could go through them all day. There was the one that was made just around the corner. And I mean, just around the corner. Take a walk out the door here and go up onto Patrick's Hill. It was filmed up there. You know the one. The bit at the end. Don't forget to turn the lights off. They're part of it in all the four corners of Ireland, actually. And they put it together. Even at the home of the black stuff, they dream of a white one. They're great. Uh, this is the one that gets me going. I, I, every time it comes on the telly, the first time it comes on the telly, I literally stop them. I just stop everything. Drop what I'm doing. Holidays are coming. Holidays are coming. Holidays are coming. Holidays are coming. Tis the season. Holidays are 
And I don't have this thing about happy holidays. I don't like it. it it's Christmas as far as I'm concerned. But that's one exception I'll make. Love that one. That's the Coca-Cola. Well, there's so many of them. We'll we give you some more of them if you want. If you have a particular favourite. Martin, my favourite was Barry's Tea. Yeah, the Barry's Tea. Which is... Um, that's 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 this one, which I, we're not going to play a whole lot of it now, but it's 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 like it's a minute and a half long. There's something about Christmas. There's something about it that creeps inside and finds the child in you. I want to know what the what the um, favorite is. I have that something in my eyes. <laughs> Love them all. Um, yeah, Barry's tea, and then oh oh no, I shall have to have words. Downstairs or upstairs, as the case may be, because I kind of might be able to find this. There was a song ninety six I used to play called "Santa Got Stuck Up the Chimney," and I'd love to hear it again. <gasps> that was Bob Earl, was it Bob Earl? Bob Earl, the chimney song that got played one morning about half a state. Oh, it's so many years ago now. And it became a massive hit. Bobby Elms, actually. Is it Elms? Doesn't matter. Oh, I don't know about that. We 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 played that years ago. Years and years ago. Your thoughts, please. Oh eight one eight ninety-six ninety-six ninety-six. It's actually done by a number of different people. Oh, thanks, Fergal. Yeah, there's a few different... But the, the iconic one uh, was the one that we played um, one particular morning. Yeah, it's... it's, it's uh, you'll know it when I play it for you. And I'm sorry, but I can't play anything by Kevin Bloody Wilson. I'd be sacked on the spot. But I would be a fan of his Christmas songs. My son's favourite Christmas song. I mean favourite Christmas song and every year he says dad will you play it on the radio and every year after he's playing to him son I would be sacked on the spot uh, is a is a um, a Kevin Bloody Wilson song 0818 96 96 96 your favourites your favourite ad let me know what it is and we'll run it during the week now right we'll run it and then on Friday what I'm going to do on Friday we're going to set set aside time on Friday and we're going to try and play the top three or top five, maybe top five of the most popular Christmas ads. We're trying to do that on Friday before we finish up for the weekend. So your favourites. And we'll give you a few more reminders as we head towards it. I love the one with the little girl and the reindeer, says Margaret. Yeah, my favourite one is the, the Coke ad. Always the first ad to play coming up to Christmas. That one, that's Chloe. You mean this one, isn't it? Holidays are coming. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's 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 Chloe's favourite. I think everyone's got their own particular favourite. The the Barry's tea coming in with a few people, and oh, you mean you? The, oh, go on, just for ten seconds. That's the one, isn't it? Yeah, somebody wants that. We'll have to see. Oh, as you get me sacked. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. You should have a Christmas jumper ready in among all of this too, because we'll be having our Christmas jumper days to support Cork Simon. You can do it at home, at school, at work, online. Just put on a Christmas jumper, and you can raise funds because nobody wants a child to grow up homeless on Christmas Day. And hosting a Christmas jumper day in association with Cork Simon will help. 
it's more than just a gift. You can get a pack at CorkSimon.ie and then join us in helping to fight homelessness in Cork. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now. 0818 96 96 96. On Cork's 96 FM. Yeah, Tom says... Santa used to wear green until Coca-Cola put him in red. That's actually true. That is true. Actually, originally he wore white as St. Nicholas. But yeah, that is true. Pam. Hello, Pam. Hello. Good morning. Well, nearly afternoon. How are you? How are you? I'm really good. Um, I have a memory um, of a Christmas ad, which is actually my favourite Christmas ad of all time. Right. Um, the, little, the little blondie girl that does the Kellogg thing. Yes. She takes the crisp, uh, the little flake, the cornflake flake yes. from the bowl, and she says something, and then she goes, Shh. <laughs> "It's a cute laugh. It's lovely." It is. Listen, have a listen to it. Hold on. Okay, go. On. This is it. Yeah, that one. Yeah. And the little music that comes in. It's so cute. It's just so angelic. It's lovely. Yeah, it is. It's cute. It was it's an very American. It had so. nothing to do with Ireland, and everyone thought it was Irish. It was an American ad, which Kellogg's adapted. Oh, it's lovely, though. It's very sweet. Very sweet. And there's another. There's an even nicer bit at the end. Hang on there. Maybe you'll see oh, yes. Ho, ho, ho. We wish yes. you and you. Isn't it cute? Isn't it cute? Can we, can we put up a vote of um, what, do, what do people with animals do for Christmas trees? What do people with animals do for Christmas trees? Yeah, I've got a sticker of a Christmas tree. I can't have a tree, to be honest. Why? Because I've got three cats and I've got a puppy dog and they think it's playtime. Of course it is. Of <laughs> course it is. So I had a mini tree and it's down here, but I actually gave up because it's trashed. Why, do they climb it, they do? So, oh, the, the cat thinks it's like hilarious, like it's her thing. So I actually have a very, um, it's it's some, an ASD uh, child actually made it and it's actually on my wall and it's kind of like velvet. Right. Like stick on things. It's brilliant. You, so you you don't put up a Christmas tree because you've cats and, and I have two cats and two dogs and four trees. Oh my God! Oh <laughs> <laughs> but do you know what? Do you know what I can't put up? Do you know what I can't put up? Candy canes. Oh. The dog eats them. Oh yeah, yeah. We have decorations hanging from the ceiling and other things like baubles and tinsel that I can't reach. Yeah, the 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 dog eats the candy canes, plastic oh, wrapper and all. It's <laughs> hilarious. Honestly, yeah. it's like a zoo here. It's really funny, but it's great. It's, it's fantastic. I, 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 well, you see, another thing to you can watch well, if you put the Christmas tree. Now, the one thing you don't do with kittens and dogs, kittens particularly, is do not put the tree in a bucket of sand. Oh, crikey, or lights or anything. No, there's no lights or anything because they'll eat the lights. Ah, they won't eat the lights. They swing swing out of them. (laughs) Yeah, but the puppy here, we have, um, well, I have, he's he's a dash. I rescued a dash, aren't I? And uh, he's mad for plastic. Little sausage dog. They're lovely. Oh, it's a sausage dog. He'll eat anything that's plastic. And did you know there's like five or six or seven, even ten, different types of graded plastic for dog toys? Right. And we, he's found one now that he likes. It's like natural rubber. Right. But everything else before that was it's just demolished. Oh, is that the little Kong ball? Yeah, it's one of those. It's not, it's not even a ball. It's like a, it's like, it looks like a bone and you put the treat in the... That's right, yeah. You stick the treat and, yeah. and you chase it around the floor because you can smell it. Yeah, they're, they're great. They're great. Oh, they're really good. But honestly, we've been through six chargers, <laughs> phone chargers. Um, what else? He loves cat toys, though, for some reason. 
But uh, no, we can't have lights on the tree because he thinks it's, ooh, plastic. <laughs> It's oh, funny. It's really have, have fun. Have, have a great fun. Christmas. Ha, yeah, you yeah. too, Pam. Thank you for that call. Love it. 0818 Yeah, two cats, two dogs and four trees. We've never had one pulled down yet. Have we? Oh, he, yeah. Holly knocked it one year. She knocked the tree in the playroom one year. Yeah. You just pick it up again. Go for it. 0818 I must... I have another thing to remind you of... Free Panto Friday. Busy, busy week here. And the Panto gang at the Everyman are opening this weekend with Cinderella. Glamour and gags and song and dance and magic and mayhem put together by the the crew at the Everyman running till January 15th. And this Friday we kick it off with a free Panto Friday on Cork's 96 of MF Family Pass to give you every single hour. For more info and bookings... You can go to everymancork.com. But stay listening to win all day Friday, free panto Friday with Cork's 96 FM. 0818 96 96 96. Now, calm down, I'm a small bit. Settle a small bit now because there's, God Almighty, there's. How many sleeps? How many sleeps is it left? I must tell you. There's always one more sleep than there is days. You know how that works. So I, I get confused between days and sleeps. There's 26 sleeps now to Christmas, all right? 26 sleeps to Christmas. So we park it there for a while. Um, there's a new dating show coming on telly in the new year based on, uh, as they all are, based on an idea that's been huge elsewhere. Uh, Fremantle Media, who made, didn't they make, originally make Neighbours? Uh, they have a show called Farmer Wants a Wife um, and Ireland will have its own version of this next year. Um, Jen Serrell is the producer of Love in the Country and uh, she's been telling me a bit about it. Um, yeah, so the idea, uh, Love in the Country, um, it follows the format um, similar enough to uh, Farmer Wants a Wife. Um, so the UK also have a version of it called Love in the Countryside and we're giving it a lash here now in Ireland ourselves. So for people who haven't heard about Farmer Wants a Wife, go through the format. Yeah, so um, I suppose for us the idea is that, you know, finding love in the country isn't easy. Like in rural Ireland, there isn't a massive amount of options and, you know, online dating isn't ideal either. So this is, the quest is to find rural singletons um, their matches and hopefully uh, find them love going forward. Um, So the idea really is, is we've got these six main daters and we have dating profiles for them and we are now looking for people to apply to date them and um, the show will then obviously follow that process so there's speed dating there's moving in with them for three days um, and it's all just you know it's a bit of crack um, but it's really like um, wholesome and really nice as well okay so you start with speed dating and then you move in is that all in one show um, so it's across six episodes. Um, so each of the stories will kind of weave through depending on how things go. So um, initially, people who are interested in the daters will get in touch with us. We um, And we ask, the first stage is to write a letter of interest to the person. Right. Kind of telling them about who you are, what you're about, what you thought you liked about them and trying to, I suppose, get your personality across to them. Right. Um, and then from there, they pick 10 people to go speed dating with. You go speed dating, then they pick their favourite three from there. 
there. Um, and then all three move in with them for three days um, or at least move down near them for three days right. and then spend three days in their life with them, seeing, you know, what it's like, you know, living in rural Ireland and um, just what their day to day life is like and right. getting to know them on solo dates as well. Gotcha. Now, talk to me about Robert Murphy. We have a we have a cork man in this series we do have a Cork man yeah uh, we have a lovely man from West Cork we have Robert um, he is um, I won't say exactly where in West Cork but he's West Cork um, he's a pharmacist by trade that's his main job but he's also uh, works on the family farm and he also helps out with um, uncles who do kind of farm construction so he's a busy man but he's willing to cut the hours for the right woman who comes along yeah. um, so for him he's saying you know he just feels he's very rural and he can't really, leave, you know, he won't be leaving. He'll be staying in West Cork, um, you know, in the future. Mm. Um, so he's looking for a woman who's happy to come to him. We, we watched his video. Um, he will be deemed by many ladies to be pleasing on the eye. <laughs> he would, yeah. That's, that's kind of the general consensus. Um, but you know what, Rob is actually... A lovely, lovely guy. Other than you know what looks, um, he's a fantastic guy who's got a lot of love to give and is looking for the right woman to uh, hopefully settle down with. Right. So, Jen, you've got your your six people, including our Rob. So, how will it work from then? From there on, then. Yeah, so at the moment, we've got their dating profiles up on the RTE website. Um, so if people want to Google, um, you just stick in Love in the Country RTE and they'll pop up and you'll see all six of our, our single rural um, people looking for love. And um, so then there's a contact form there where people will get in touch and um, we, we will reach out to them then. But the initial stages are really um, showing interest and um, writing a letter um, to express your interest in the data and it's going on from there then we'll go through the speed dating and then on to the next stages after that. So there's a bit of filming involved here and it's going to take a while. When are we likely to see this on, on telly? Um, I uh, We don't have exact dates just yet, but we're hoping probably in May. Okay. Um, so the filming for this will be, the speed dating will be towards the end of January. And then the next stage will be, I would imagine, sometime in February. Um, and then if all goes well, um, our follow-ups will be in March. You see, if it goes well, it, it's going to be very hard to keep it a secret. You've got a lot of people keeping secrets here. It's going to be very hard to keep it under wraps how Rob got on. Uh, I know it will be tricky, but we have we've been saying to them, you know, keep your social media on lockdown. So, you know, <laughs> at the end of the day, our goal is for them to find love. And of course, if they find love, they'll be splashing it all over the place and they'll be showing them off. Wait until we've shown it on the telly first would be a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. So if anybody is interested, they can go to the website, look at the, the profiles, including Rob's, and you have Alana, and you have Fiona, and George, and Jano. Is it Jano or Jano? And Edwina. Jano, yeah. Jano. You can see them all, and then what do you do? Yeah, so at the on that webpage, there is a contact form. So if you just fill in your name, your phone number, your email address, and we'll get in touch then um, and explain the whole process okay. um, and how you get a date with one of one of these lovely people. This should be interesting. Countrylove at kiteentertainment.com is the email address. We look forward to it, Jen. Great. Thanks very much, PJ. That's Jen Searle, producer of uh, Country Love which we will see, no doubt, in the new year.
couple of things to catch up on. Going right back to the start of the... Oh, I'm going to do this first. Hang on a second. Yeah, I need to know, need to do this. What song is this? Like, you need to be told. Last Christmas, I gave you my heart. But the very next day, you gave it... Oh, oh, oh. What, what word is missing? What word have we taken out? Uh, it could win you a 200 euro voucher for Foot Solutions Grand Parade Cork giving the gift of happiness to your loved ones this Christmas with a Foot Solutions gift card we have one every day free your feet and the rest will follow your last chance to get in text or WhatsApp the answer 083 396 96 what classic what word is missing from this Oh, all right. Oh, wait, three, three, ninety-six, ninety-six, ninety-six. As long as the government, this is about domestic violence, where we started the program this morning. As long as the government promotes alcohol and gambling, let us not pretend that domestic abuse will get any better, because in fact it's going to get far worse. Government is one of the biggest evils we have, because it licenses so much temptation without thinking of the consequences, which is an interesting take on domestic violence. I I do remember during the early days of lockdown when people were calling for the off-licenses to be closed, demanding the off-licenses be closed, and the great Michael Gearan was on with me here from from Brewery, and he was saying, actually, no, that might cause more problems than it solved. Um, And we had one woman on the phone absolutely petrified, crying down the phone. She said, if they closed the... And I, I quote her words... If they close, if they close the off licenses, he will kill me. She didn't leave her name, and she called on a private number. But if they close the off licenses, he will kill me. So that's the other side of that particular discussion. Uh, we had a few comments on the best age to have children. I'll get to some of them, and I'll have to hold over some of them until tomorrow. The Scrubs Choir there at Cuh. We had them on recently. They're having a carol service at the SMA in Wilton on Tuesday, December 6th at 7. And I did ask at the time that they'd let me know, and I'm glad that they have, and I might even try to be there. I'd like to go to that. Uh, It's all in aid of St. Vincent de Paul, and it's €5 on the door on the night. That's from Olive, who's the chair of the Scrubs Square. Thank you. All right, let's let's do this. I mean, this is ridiculously easy-like. Sinead, finish it. Ho, ho, ho. You gave it what, Sinead? Away? Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Okay, you've got one thing sorted for Christmas. You've got your foot solutions voucher for 200 euro. All right, that's sorted. That's. But you have you everything done or have you anything done? No, nothing, nothing. Nothing. Not one thing. Now I do. I have one thing now. Yeah. Hopefully. You have one thing. So- no, you see... I, I like this because you know who really annoy me? These these people who are going around smug on the 1st of December going, I'm sorted, I've it all done. You have in your neck. No. They're, no. I, they're either freaks or they're, or they're liars. One of the two, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm last minute stock home. Are you really? It all gets done, it all gets done. I know, but how last minute? Like, would you be 20, oh. 23rd? Oh, uh, no, right up. Rise up to the last minute. Oh God! Yeah, yeah. I yeah. Try, I tried. I we try 
God and the Queen Bee yeah. does most of it. If it wasn't for her, the house would fall down with the poor Christmas trees inside in it. Um, we tried to have everything done by the 22nd stroke 23rd. What about yourselves? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah well, we'd be the same. We'd be the same, but right. there's always something to be picked up and stuff, so... All right. You're busy, busy a few weeks ahead. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Another one of these people, I'm looking at December and I'm going, I've already booked, I've already committed to enough stuff for three Decembers and it hasn't even started yet. Yes, yes, yeah. I know, I That's know. it. All right, That's well, it. listen, you've got the foot solutions Thank voucher. Thank you so much. That, Thank you so much. That'll start um, you off. What's the ad? What's your favourite ad, by the way? We might get that on for you during the week. Um, I was saying either the Aldi's one or any of the John Lewis ones. Oh, the John Lewis. John Lewis at class. They start writing those and filming them in the summertime. Thanks, Sinead, our latest winner with Foot Solutions on the Grand Parade for your feet. And the rest will follow. Okay, yeah, come back to... Oh, this is what... I'll hold over the comments on the best time to have children until tomorrow because there's quite a lot of them. Um, here's one we had we're talking to Trevor on Friday about the World Cup and about Roy Keane and the debate still goes on not that Roy cares like the debate still goes on about whether he should be there Hi PJ Roy is famous he could have highlighted the atrocities in Qatar without going to the World Cup getting paid a fortune and staying in a five star hotel how about he gives that money to the families of the dead migrant workers regards Torren hmm? It's a thought. He is providing analysis and he is attracting attention to the issues in his own unique way, Torrent. That is the the pushback against that one. But your point is 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 a good one. All right, that's it. A busy one. The programme edited by Imro Hay, produced and researched by Fergal Barry. And we shall see you tomorrow, just after nine. We're playing all your favourite Christmas hits after midday on Cork's 96 FM. Merry Christmas. With your local mace. Great value deals for family and friends this Christmas. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.